0: Welcome to the Renegade Yogi Podcast Experience. Join myself, Sorananda, and this episode's guest as we explore yoga in the modern world. Prepare yourself, as we will experience yoga like never before. Zorananda. First of all, I just want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening. I've just been noticing over the weeks that since I started uploading more frequently, um, starting with the Kosha series that we're going to get into today as a solo episode, um, and um, a guest that I had just last week, um, that I'm seeing Viewership go up, which is really exciting. Um, it's not too much, like I said in past episodes. Um, I'm still very much a beginner in this. I'm still very much at the beginning of growing an audience. But when I take a look at my analytics and I see that um, you know I'm getting a handful of new viewers and listeners each day in each episode, that is encouraging for me to continue the excitement of putting out new episodes. So I'm quite excited to get into today's kosha because it's going into the more difficult ones to explain. So just as a refresher, um, we looked at the first two koshas so far. So the Anamaya Kosha and the Pranamaya Kosha. So those are the more physical ones, the pranamaya kosha gets into more energetics, but it's easier to comprehend these ones because um, they're not so subtle, but they're still subtle enough that um, there's a nuance to the approach of understanding the practicalities of these koshas. But now we're getting into manamaya kosha. So we're getting into the third kosha which is the emotional or mental sheath. And this one is tricky in, well, in multiple ways, but I'd say in just two ways generally, um, because it involves the mind, which we have an intimate relationship with. And so we're really comfortable in our mind and we're really comfortable with how we think inside of our own mind Whether it's verbally, as a dialogue, or it's visually and more kinesthetically, it's more felt and seen. Um, And the, the other tricky thing is that we don't know where the mind comes from. Even though we're quite comfortable with it, there's still a lack of understanding of why we even have a mind. And some of the questions that we'll kind of explore are, where did the mind come from? Why do we have a mind? When did the mind even develop? And what is the mind? And how can we understand the nature of the mind? So these are um, important questions now when exploring the monomaya kosha. So... It's important to understand at this point that how you explore the mind and how you explore your emotions in relationship to this idea of the Manomaya Kosha is that you kind of need to put aside your, what you think the mind is because I think generally, we just don't really have it right. And that's tricky for me to say, because we, we think we know ourselves very well, when in fact, we know ourselves very little. And though each and every one of us we have our own intimate relationship with the contents of our mind. Just because we cycle through the mind regularly, that doesn't mean that we have a developed understanding and intimate relationship with the nature of it Um, because we're too wrapped up in the desires that we have for the way that our life goes each and every day. So what I mean by that is what I think inside my mind right now about what kind of experiences I want today. That's intimate to me just how the thoughts that you have in your mind are intimate to you. So even though that intimacy is there within your mind about how you think and what you think and why you think, it's important to realize that that process can actually distract you from really knowing why you have a mind and really knowing the power behind it and what you can do to not only be a participant with the thoughts that are in your mind, but also be an observer of the exchange between thoughts and ideas coming into your mind and then your application of thinking of a kind of ownership of those thoughts. And I'm really trying to be careful here because there's a lot of information on the mind, scientifically um, through the psychology community and through um, the medical community, right, when it comes to brain um, function. Um, So, obviously, I'm not a scientist in an academic way. I'm not a psychologist. um, But as a yogi and as someone who has spent hours and hours and hours in meditation and contemplation and really understanding the nature of, My own mind, it seems that just through my own anecdotal understanding that the highway of the mind, kind of so to speak, is that there is a difference between thoughts coming in and thoughts going out and that there is no ownership. It's not that they're my thoughts, right? Um, It's just like the, for example, it's like the radio saying that the music that's being played is the radio's music, but it's not. The radio is just a receiver and transmitter. And so the signals that are coming in are what allow for the signals to come out. And so there's a relationship in the mechanism itself. So like the radio tower, right? The signals are coming in to be processed so that the output can display what it is that's within the signal. And so in the case of the radio, what's within the signal is the, the station and the music and the broadcast, right? So our body and our being are working in a similar way where it's receiving information and then broadcasting it out. And how it broadcasts it out is through this filter of a bias of ownership that the ideas that we have are then associated to the perception of how we want to act on it and how this goes into my, my, Manomaya Um And essentially, uh, let me get this right here, um, within, in terms of uh, the actual definition of m- Manomaya. Uh, just give me a second here. Yeah, because these uh, these definitions are important because um, it's going to give you a good sense of um, a more direct way of of understanding um, just the meaning behind it. Right, um, just bear with me here. Do do, 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 do do so i'm writing a yoga book and i've i ri- i finished the outline and i actually um have a whole uh section of the book about the energetic system so the chakras the koshas and the prana values. so the prana we're going to get into next after i i finish um these uh, koshas so um found the um breakdown of the word so mono is mind maya's illusion koshas sheath so i i went into this whole word of maya and illusion i think um in the f- in the intro or the the first kosha And it, it's really interesting to put them together in that way where you have um, illusion and mind together in ma- monomaya, right? Illusion and mind. And, and it all comes down to that the development of your sensitivity to the monomaya kosha and the sheath of the mind and the sheath of the emotions and how illusion plays into it is that your depth of experience is created through synchronicity of the action of deliberately going into it and that's the whole illusory thing right is that um the monomaya kosha is there whether you want whether you want to focus in on it or not and what makes it an illusion is that through your belief into it and through your participation in the idea of it, the mind itself creates the construct of what it would look like and that's the illusion, right? Because um, it's really nothingness. Because like even right now, you have your mind and you have your emotions and you have its field of influence and yet you don't see it, right? You can look at yourself right now, look at your limbs. You don't see the monomaya kosha and yet it's there. And so the illusion kind of has these parts of, um, that it plays, in how you develop a sensitivity to it. And I'm really trying not to be too convoluted with this. I wanna be as clear as possible in, in understanding how you can interact with the monomaya kosha in a way where it's not just you inside your head experiencing your thoughts or you inside your head stuck on thinking patterns that again this is a field of influence this is a part of the energetics of your system so just as the anamaya kosha the physical sheath is integrated with the pranamaya kosha the energetic sheath the energetic sheath is integrated with the mind sheath or the Pranamaya Kosha is integrated with the Manamaya Kosha. And your access into the nature of the Manamaya Kosha, not just inside your head and seeing the swirling thoughts, that your access into the actual nature of the Manamaya Kosha now is through meditation. And the preparation for that experience is what you do with your body how you tune into your energetic system and how you use your energetic system to stream into the nature of the monomaya kosha so you can be within the field of your mind you can be in the field of your emotions and now you're not perturbed by the manifestation of the illusions that you think is what the mind is so the thoughts and the feelings those are also the illusions right we put so much meaning to them because they're attached to our memories and they're attached to our experiences so then we'll have a random thought about a conversation that we had with someone and then immediately it brings up the image of it and then depending on on what happened in that conversation say it was an argument suddenly there's this underlying lining like stream of emotion that stirs up feelings and then now you're not actually focusing on the nature of the maya, maya kosha you're getting drawn into the illusion that is being portrayed that is within the maya ma- monomaya kosha and so the physical yoga practice the breathing techniques and the meditation are what going to help alleviate the need for constructing the illusions and the and the processes of the thoughts and the images where you get right into the nature of the field itself and the the thing to consider is like, okay, what next? So, say you were successful in this. You did a really good yoga practice. You opened up your body. Um, you did a lot of strong pranayama, and you really connected to your um, pranic body and your pranic sheath. <coughs> Excuse me. And then you go into meditation, and through your meditation, you really feel and you really get into a place where there aren't these wild fluctuations within your thoughts and that you are very noticeably within a field of energy. You're, it's very noticeable and palpable. Um, and, and within that, then, you get the subtle sense of the expansion that occurs now within this new field, which is the monomaya and it's what you do then that's going to determine how you begin to interact with the next koshas and so obviously i'm not going to get into that um, just because i want to continue focusing on the monomaya kosha Um, and it's not easy because this is a kind of convoluted an abstract topic that needs a lot of fleshing out. It needs a lot of navigating in order to make sense of, because of how unique we are in our relationship with our mind and whether or not we actually want to believe that there's this extended field of, of energy that helps contain the fluctuations of the mind and it helps contain the energy that's coming in or the thoughts that are coming in and the thoughts that are going out and the emotions that are part of the stories of the illusions of the memories of our experiences and how there's this um, uh, continued cycling of feeling and emotion within those stories. And, and and that's really the most challenging part when it comes to meditation um, because there's times you can do the most opening, beautiful practice, asana practice you've ever done um, and, you know, the strongest pranayama. But then when it comes to the meditation, you're just not there in a capacity to really dive into the presence of thoughtlessness and the presence of an exchange of energy where the need for incessant thoughts is totally overcome, that there's just no need for it. And there's this clicking in place of your consciousness where rather than cycling through thoughts there is this cycling through expansion um, where you are simultaneously feeling like you're getting smaller and bigger and it's it's tricky to explain and uh, (laughs) I just want to do my best to keep uh, you as a listener uh, on track with with what's happening here because of You know how abstract it's going to be and you know to be honest this episode is probably going to be a little bit shorter than um the past ones just because of uh how easy it is to be all of a sudden to become really repetitive right i don't want to keep saying the same things of um oh the mind uh, in order to have a relationship with monomani kosha, you need to expand the mind, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so, the best thing that I can do is really relate it to common themes within our lives generally. So, an, a easy way to think of your relationship or a developed relationship with the monomaya kosha is learning something new and that could be anything that can be learning an instrument that could be learning a language um, it can be learning a new computer program whatever it is in your world so maybe you have something that you're learning right now in your life how we can tap into the expansive quality of monomaya kosha, where we override the cyclic obsession of thought processes is overcoming insecurity and doubt, where we actually want to foster confidence because the... Insecurity and doubt around whatever new thing you're learning is centered around failure. And in this case, failure is the end of momentum of whatever that new thing y- you're doing that is building up within your consciousness. So if you were to think of the first day you started that new thing to where you are now and say you're not where you thought you were going to be and not in kind of like a good way, like you thought that you were going to be further along. Say you're learning an instrument or something and you've been learning for a year now and you're like, man, I still suck or I'm not, you know, learning at the pace that I want to learn or there's just it's a lot. It's still frustrating to learn. So what we wanna consider here is why it is we develop a narrative within our mind around failure in the new thing that we're doing. Because what we may not be aware of is that when we are learning that new thing, and we're not quite grasping it and we're going through failures, the narrative around why we're failing could actually be contributing to the continual failing, where the insecurity and doubt are the seeds to sabotage the new thing that we're learning later on. Right, and and so what we want to pay attention to is that f- parallel thought process that we have always had but didn't really know. And so, what diving into the Manamaya Kosha is going to do is going to help eliminate to the best that we can the beliefs and the perspectives and the processes that perpetuate the negative narrative around failing. So think about when you were an infant and the time it took to learn to walk, right? So, if you were to place your mind and your consciousness into your infant self, one thing that that's important to realize is that when you're in an infant, you don't have that negative or that um, process of or that narrative of being insecure and doubtful, right? When you're an infant, you are naturally guided to get yourself up to walk, right? And so no matter how many times you fail and may, maybe, you know, I, I imagine um, that most children when, when they're learning to walk and it's really hard and they get frustrated and they cry, that's all part of the process. They're not thinking to themselves, oh, I'll never be able to do this. That's not a part of their experience. They just keep going and keep going and keep going and then naturally they start to walk. It happens to all of us, right? With the exception of obviously people who have disabilities, but in this case for the able-bodied who can walk, It happens to all of us that we overcome the obstacles of crawling and then standing and then wobbling and developing all the muscles that we need to actually be able to stand and to walk. So think of that when considering the new thing that you're learning is that you actually want to place that new thing in, in the mind as if you were an infant that the process of moving through the trajectory of day one to whatever day it takes for you to have it fully integrated so now you're not so much in a beginning or a beginner's learning phase you are now in a more advanced learning phase where you're learning um technical knowledge about it so it'd be like an infant learning to walk and then once that infant has that ability to walk now it's time to run and then once you have that ability to run now you learn a whole new thing skateboarding soccer football hockey whatever that then involves a whole new set of skills and techniques, right? So that there's, there are these layers of initiation of learning when you go from the beginning stage and you overcome all the obstacles to get through it, then moving into the more advanced stages. So these are just examples of what it will take for you to get into the monomaya kosha and from being into the monomaya kosha then obtaining new skills and new knowledge to stay within the monomaya kosha and begin to explore it but not in the way of exploring ideas and exploring thoughts and contemplating beliefs and whatever is in the contents of it. Here, you are directly tapping into the nature of Monomaya Kosha, and you are exploring its realm and expanding so that your expansion grows into the next layers, right? Because that's ultimately what we're wanting to do. We're starting from the physical, going into the energetic going into the mental and emotional going into the wisdom going into the bliss and this is where Manomaya kosha is the gatekeeper and this is really important there's an intelligence within this structure and it knows and it's so subtle and it's so sneaky that like we don't even contribute this kind of awareness and, and um, intelligence to the mind that it knows that it's keeping you in place and it's keeping you within the mind in this fluctuated state and that when you try to break out, when you try to expand out, there's all these tricks and all these things that it's going to do to try to distract you from actually expanding into the manomaya kosha so that you are the nature of the manomaya kosha and that's the thing is that you become that uh layer that sheath you now are the mind you're not in the mind it's not just in your head it's not just thoughts anymore you are the totality of the mind and What changes quite drastically is your relationship to what is identity? What is personality? And you start asking the question, who am I? That's where that mantra of who am I, who am I, who am I becomes very powerful because now you're not asking who am I as the identity of the person that's listening right now. You're asking who am I as this energetic field and so your perception of identity completely changes and you're no longer identifying with the physical body you are now identifying with the entirety and totality of the mind who am i as the mind and it's from that point you gain access to expanding into the next sheaths and and so the work here is deeper meditation the work is doing an asana practice so that you can open up your hips so that you can limber up your body and so that you have the strength and you have this suppleness to sit in meditation for a long period of time then the pranayama and the breath work to be able to have a sensitivity to the energetics, so that when you are seated your body is no longer perturbed at all. You don't feel any stiffness or any tightness or any jitteriness. You're not itching yourself. You are completely still in your seated meditation. And you are drawing your focus into the energetics so that when you go through the energetics and you use the energetics of the pranamaya kosha, you are extending that into the maya maya kosha so that then you become the monomaya kosha and from there you are held in that totally and your experience of meditation now is not the meditation that you'd get from an app it's not the meditation you'd get from watching a youtube video this is a whole new level of meditation. It's beyond the word if, in any sense because even the word itself is actually only contemplation. The word was never meant to be something that is um, a depth of awareness and consciousness. It comes from the 12th century of a French monk who meditaté, you know, um, meditation is um, used as a way to contemplate God through Christianity. You know, not many people know that because the word was hijacked and now used in a kind of business sense, right? It's like, oh, download this meditation app. It'll calm your mind. There's 15-minute meditations. There's 5-minute meditation, 10-minute meditations. It'll really help you. Yeah, like, that's great, but what really diving into the coaches is going to do is going to take you to a level that no app will do. Um, And that's just (laughs) my bias and uh, my judgment and criticism of these apps that uh, it's just another thing to keep you on your phone, right? (laughs) So being the mind totally you're not your name you're not your job you're not your family you're not your body you are the mind in totality and once that clicks so once your sense of identification and your sense of self shifts from physical into non-physical where the mind is the non-physical representation of yourself you will noticeably feel yourself expand and feel like you are this like massive bubble and that within the bubble you touch everything so suddenly you are still aware of your body and the mind is touching everything within the body and of the body. And then suddenly you are also outside your body and you are your house and your mind is touching all the walls and touching everything and of the house. And then suddenly your mind is the space in the neighborhood around you and you are touching everything and your mind is um, encompassing all of that. And then it's the whole world and then it's all of reality and it's at that point there's a threshold of comprehension where you are the totality of the universe and the just reality itself of physical dimensions. And it's at that point where there's a boundary of then moving into vigyanamaya kosha, it's the knowledge or wisdom sheath that is extending beyond reality. And that's the hardest part to comprehend. To comprehend like I don't know how I'm gonna explain it in the next video but um, you know I think I have a grasp of this stuff to some degree to be able to you know um, express it just because of my experience as well because I've gone through these kinds of meditations where I expand exponentially outside of my body I'm out of my body I'm out of the ceiling of my house I'm out into the world, and I'm expanding more and more and more, and I feel myself going deeper and deeper and smaller and smaller as well. Simultaneously, like I'm going on into the microscopic level. Um. But even in my own experience, there is a boundary that I met that through this kind of meditation, I haven't yet been able to really penetrate outwardsly. Um, I got to the point where. My sense of getting smaller and smaller, my sense of getting bigger and bigger, they um, unified where I couldn't tell the difference anymore. And it suddenly left me with the realization that it's all expansion. So like even the sense of getting smaller and smaller, I'm expanding inwards and then getting bigger and bigger, I'm expanding outwards. And then there's this point where they meet kind of in the middle and I can't tell the difference between the two. And then that was the boundary. And I have yet to really, um, I don't know how to say it, like go any bigger than that or to really feel myself where I was feeling myself expanding into the Vigyanamaya Kosha and like really receiving a new level of guidance, but then not being able to really identify myself into the Vigyanamaya Kosha. So then there's a greater expansion beyond that um so yes as you can tell (laughs) it's pretty easy to go off track with this stuff so i i try to do my best again to really be um coherent in in all this and then also um in that coherence ask you know what's the point what's the point of all this Um, and that I leave up to you to answer. And that seems like a cop out, but it's not up to me to define for you what your experience is going to be through all this what I can do is provide examples and provide experiences for my own life and provide this knowledge to point towards the, a benefit that there is a benefit to doing this and it's not an egoic benefit. It's not like the meditation apps benefit of like, Oh, you're going to be calmer. Um, you're going to be more relaxed. It's like, that's all egoic stuff. The benefit is strictly spiritual. And so because it's strictly spiritual, it's very intimate to you. And for me, what I've realized the benefit of doing this stuff is, is that it's a development that is now at a level that is beyond only physical development. And it's beyond what anyone in like the world can can show you. Um, If you were to consider like why you went to the schools that you went to, why you have the parents that you have, why um, you've learned what you've learned from childhood to adulthood. So then when it's adulthood into the rest of your life and beyond, is that now there's this opportunity for spiritual development, which is completely intimate within yourself. And... And so when you take it upon um yourself to to do this stuff that there's a commitment to it and that commitment is showing you the benefit that comes from the continual maintenance of that of this kind of practice of mm, asana practice and breathing techniques and meditation and it'll make sense Um, the benefit that is occurring daily and daily and daily where your growth as a human being internally through this expansion of consciousness is a preparation for when you die and that's hard to grasp and there's typically a lot of anxiety around it because we have so many attachments to everything that we're doing in this life that when it comes to thinking about death We don't want to think about it, but the best thing that we can do is realize that the spiritual practice is a preparation for that transition so that when you leave your body, you actually enter into that expanded state of consciousness and that you've done it deliberately, that you've come to a point in your life where you say, okay, it's my time to transition. You transition and you transition into that totality and now you're not perturbed by the attachment to the body. You can just be in that. And what this yoga practice is helping do is it's helping you build the capacity so that when you do shift and you do transition, you are transitioning into a very potent um, state of consciousness that you've helped develop in this life so I think I'm going to leave it at that because that's kind of going to get me or it's going to lead me into the other koshas which I want to save so if you have any questions feel free to message me at any time so you can find me on instagram yogi.zorananda you can email me Right from my website, there's a contact uh, button in the top right. So if you go to my website, Zorananda.com, that's Z-O-R-A-N-A-N-D-A.com, you can send me an email for whatever questions you have. Um, The best way to support me right now uh, is to get my book. I have three different versions of it ebook paperback hard copy so obviously the ebook is the most affordable and there are meditations that go along with it um, so that's on my website as well and I'm a musician as well so y- there's music that you can purchase on my website if you're on Spotify or other streaming services you can. Just search my name, Zorananda, and you'll see the three albums that I have up. So thank you for listening, tuning in, participating in this little project of mine. I have a lot of cool things coming up, working on a new album, working with other podcasters, and... I'm very much looking forward to putting out more episodes, doing more interviews. Um, I have uh, an interview coming out right away. So keep on listening, keep on being yourself, be loving, compassionate, and courageous. We live in a wild, wild world right now. There's a lot of weird and cool things happening. So with that, have a wonderful rest of your day.